If everybody would turn to me to 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, verses 17 through 22. That's going to be our main text tonight. <clears throat> Follow me closely. Hold your places there. I want to take you to a couple of preliminary places. The title of this message tonight is the secret power of worship. Too many times we speak about worship, but we don't understand truly what our worship is and what worship does. But worship is designed for several different situations. One is it's a war strategy. It's a war strategy. And in that war strategy, God is the one that's at work. In the book of 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, verse 17, the Bible says, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. I noticed that some of you said that <clears throat> been tried and tested. And I want you to understand that this battle that you're up against is not yours, but it's the Lord. There's a secret power, church, in worship. And God wants you to grasp hold of this tonight. It's very vital. Psalm 22 verse 3 says that the Lord our God inhabits the praises of Israel or his people which is the church. Okay? Praise causes God to inhabit his people. Alright? Hold on to that. 2 Timothy 2.3 tells us that it tells us to endure hardness like a good soldier. Soldiers are soldiers because they're designed to fight wars, right? Amen. If a war is not going on, then there would be no need for soldiers, right? Amen. So the Lord tells us as we all said that we've been going through some things. The Lord tells us that, first of all, whatever, whatever you're going through, it belongs to me. That's the first thing you got to understand. The second thing that you got to understand is that you have to, as a soldier, a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you have to understand that we have to endure the hardship. Knowing that this light affliction, which is only for a moment, is not to be compared to that exceedingly and that great eternal aspect of glory that's going to be found in us. So he says here in 2 Chronicles that you shall not need to fight in this battle. 
It says, set yourselves and stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hmm. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. Tomorrow being your, the season that you're in now, your next season. For the Lord will be with you. That's a promise. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. What a man made out of ground. And all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, doing what? Worshipping him. And once again, we're talking about the secret power of worship. Now these people were about to go to war. But what was the first thing that they did? They began to worship. First strategy. And in the strategy of worship, there are things that must be preempted. So verse 19 said, And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites, or the Kohathites, and of the children of the Kohites, stood up to do what? Praise the Lord of Israel with a loud voice. Why did they do that? Because the Bible says in Psalms 22 verse 3 that the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. So, they wanted not a visitation because they were about to go into a war, but they wanted a strategization. And in order to get that, God had to come forth. And they said in verse 20 that they rose early in the morning, early in your breakthrough, and they went forth into the wilderness of the Kohath. And as they went forth, Jehovah's students said, Hear me, O Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God so that you be established. Believe his prophets so shall ye prosper. Two things here. When you believe the Lord, when you believe in the Lord, he will establish you. It's a lot of people that believe in the Lord. And God has established them within himself. But because they haven't heard what God has released through the preachers, they haven't prospered. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Amen. Have you known people like that? Mm -hmm. That's why they haven't prospered. See, it's like a bullet without a gun. And when you deal with a bullet without a gun, then what happens is, is that you really don't have much. So you've got God and because He's established you in Him. But you haven't fired the weapon because you haven't listened and activated his word. That's what God is trying to tell us. He said, believe the Lord and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. Because we prosper through the hearing and the doing of the what? Word. And when he had consulted, verse 21 says, and when he had consulted the people, look what he did. He appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise uh-huh, that word keeps coming up. The beauty of holiness, as they went out before, not after the army, but they went before the army. And to say, what? Praise the Lord. Why? For his mercy endures forever. So, 
And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set a what? An ambush against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seah, which were come against Judah. See, they were coming against the praise. Mm -hmm. And they were spent. In the verse 21, you see something there? They're going out to war, are they not? Amen. What does he send first? The send praise. Him. He sent forth the praise team, right? Now they're going to do battle. Now here's the secret. Praise confuses the enemy. When they praise, did an ambush come forth? Okay. Let me, let me give you, you've heard that before, but I'm going to give you understanding on why that's true. Same with the praise worship. And when Satan went against God, his praise became of none effect. It became void, did it not? Now, Satan used the same tactic that he used to get him to fall. He used against man, and man failed, did he not? Praise God from a fallen state and it nullified because his praise was a false praise because of his ambush tactics. Man, even though he failed into sin, man, through Jesus Christ, the breach was prepared. In other words, man was redeemed, right? So man's praise is adequate to God. God accepts it. Right? He's been redeemed. So when the demon, the enemy sees man praising God and God accepting it, it confuses him. It places him in an ambush because you see he don't understand why that don't work for him no more. But it's working for man because man failed just like he did. But he ain't got sense enough to know that through the blood of Jesus it came forth. He's still fighting against that. He's going to fight until the end against that. So what God does is God accepts the praises of man from those that have been found in Christ Jesus. And when the praises go up, what happens is, is it confuses this enemy that's up against us. And it sets him in an ambush. And a lot of times when we're going through, we don't understand that we got to keep praising him because it takes a while sometimes for our praise, our feelings to catch up with our praise, does it not? Amen. Amen. But the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when God inhabits the praises of his people, it turns into worship. And what worship is, worship is a spiritual intercourse with the souls of man by God. Because God is our husband, right? Amen. And our soul with the bride of Christ, right? Amen. So praise is a foreplay. It gets God's attention. And causes God to come in 
to set up a spiritual connection, a spiritual intercourse with us. Now what happens when intercourse takes place? Seeds are dropped. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. So, God plants His seeds in us during that time of worship. And He gives us, like the counselor was saying the other day, He gives us glimpses of who and what we are and what He has in store for us. Through the dropping and planting of those seeds in our soul. Because praises comes up from our soul. And when God enters into our praise, He enters back in into this sanctuary. And He began to release the seeds of eternity into us. He begins to release all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in us. But it's up to us to carry it out. So we start and we begin at a place of war because there are things inside of us that fight for the nutrient that these seeds are trying to attain from us. So, the first thing that God does is God sends forth the praise because He inhabits it. Now, once God inhabits it, we're going to war now. That's what we're talking about. Now, once God inhabits it, what God does is God takes and He sends forth the priest carrying the ark. That's the next thing that he does. All this takes place before the army even goes forward. Because God did say that the battle belonged to him, did he not? Amen. Now the ark of God represents the spirit of God. And the ark of God can only be carried by the priest, right? Amen. Or uh, did not in the, uh, I think it's the first uh, chapter of Revelation verse 6, I believe it is, but I know it's in Revelation, that God has made us kings and priests. Mm -hmm. So we are authentic in carrying this ark around, right? Amen. You got people running around the world, theologians, talking about, I wish I could find and we're looking for where the ark is. You need to look inside. And you'll find out where God left it. <laughs> you run around digging in caves. Amen? Amen. God is a spirit and must be worshipped. Those that worship Him in spirit and truth. So, He sends forth praise to bring forth worship and set an ambush. And once that praise go up and God enters in, He's on your side now. Mm -hmm. So the next thing goes forth and that priest in you takes forth and it takes that spirit of God forth. Now, did now, Jesus, Jesus did God say we still back here, right? Mm -hmm. He's going up front. All he asked us to do is praise and carry it off. He said, the battle belongs to me. Are y'all with me? Amen. So what he does is, when the ambush is set, he simply goes in, the Spirit of God, the ark, with the priest, and wipes it out. Now the next thing that, sent that, 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 that goes forth is the army itself. All the army got to do, that's us. We're soldiers, right? Mm -hmm. All we have to do is do what we call mock-up detail. We go in and take the spoils. Because God and already did the work for us. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. That's why praise and worship is so important. Now, you look at this word here. It says that 
that uh, in Numbers 10, verse 33 and 35, because it's, this is a short message, but it's a powerful one. Numbers 10. Numbers 10, verse 33 and 35. When you get there, would you say amen for me? Amen. It said, And they parted from Mount, from the Mount of the Lord three days' journey. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord went where? Before them in the three days' journey. To do what? To search out a resident place for them. They were in hostile territory. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them day when they went out of the camp. By the day. It said by day when they went out of the camp. That means that the word of God is with us every time we go out. We're supposed to take God's word with us. And it came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered. Why would he say that? He would say it because the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. That's why he said, rise up, Lord. He didn't say rise up, Israel. He didn't say rise up, church. He didn't say rise up, nobody else. He said, rise up, Lord. And let your enemy be scared. I thought that was our enemies. In other words, how many of you know that our enemies is the enemy of God? Amen. 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 So here's the thing. Situations come in our life. Dreadful sometimes situations. And that immediate situation, which can be sometimes overbearing to us. And it takes the focus of the true victory that we have. And it causes us to go astray. Now, go back to, go, go over here to Joshua 3, verse 3 and 4. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to break down some things. And then we're going to be on out again. Amen. Joshua 3, verse 3 and 4. Amen. Okay? Please tell me when you get it. We're talking about the secret power of worship. Praise goes forth. What does praise do? Sets an ambush for the enemy. Why? Because the enemy don't understand God accepting man's praise and God not accepting him no more. He still don't understand it. That's why he keep turning himself into an angel of light. Because he don't understand it. He don't bear that light no more. But you see, how I many of you know that once you're anointed, whatever you're anointed with, is still on you. The anointing that Satan had, or Lucifer had, is still on him. That's why he's still able to turn himself into a light of life. That's why when he sees the light of God on us, he's drawn to us. Because he thinks it belongs to him. To him. So what he does, he fights us for the light. He ain't fighting you because of you. He don't want you. He won't want you carry. Nobody told you that. 
He's the light bearer. You carry what he wants to carry. You got something that he feel belongs to him. So the greater your light is, is like a camouflage. I told you this before. It'll draw him. It automatically. That's why when you go to do something, every time we go to another level in God, all hell break loose. Haven't y'all ever noticed that yet? Amen. All hell break loose. Everything in ourselves, in our families, in our church, the whole world. But I'm going to get back to what we're supposed to do in those signs and situations. We're supposed to do just what we're doing now. We don't look at the immediate circumstances. Because God has given us a thing called what? Vision. <laughs> Vision. And every time God shows up, God shows up with three things. Opportunity. He shows up with the ability. And it's one more. And I can't recall it right now, but it's one more. Because I talk. Now, God's word says here in Joshua 3, verse 3 and 4, and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, see, we got as many are led by the Spirit, they are sons of God. When you see the ark, you got to see its movement, and you got to, and the priest of the Levites buried it, then he shall remove your place and go out in. Now, if you don't see God's Spirit moving, be still and know that he's still God, okay? Yet there shall be a space between you and it this way before. You see? Mm -hmm. So always leave yourself a little bit of space to see what God is doing so you'll know which way to turn with him, okay? Amen. Because sometimes you can be too close and you can't see what you need to see. Because when you draw too close to a situation, more likely you will become self-righteous in it. And you, your, your, your mind will become fogged up because you're too close to what you deem as being God. So God saying, now don't, 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 don't get too near it now. Don't get too near it. Don't get so near it that you can't see which moves that I'm making. And he said, be careful, Father. The reason for this is because you've not passed this way before. And we haven't. God is constantly doing new things with us. Constantly. He's, he's, all, he's forever evolving and changing. And what we got to do, we can't get dismayed at allowing God to change and evolve and be, you know, from a caterpillar or from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Just let God be God and let Him do whatever it is that He wants to do. You know, because that's what it's all about. Go back with me. I'm going to break it down. Go back to me to 2 Chronicles, the 17th, our 20th chapter, verse 17. When we get there, say amen. amen. I'm just going to break down one, one or two scriptures, and that's it. Now, we know that the battle is not ours, but it's God. The battle is not yours, but it's God. The battle is not somebody else's, but it's God. Verse 17 says, you shall not fight in this battle. People, stop fighting these battles. We wear ourselves out. <laughs> we, we wear ourselves out. Let's stop fighting these battles. We don't have to. Let's just start worshiping the Lord, okay? Let's get into an operation of praise where we can ambush this enemy. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't get scared about what it looks like. Look what it says here. 
It said, you should not need to fight in this battle. It said, I want you to do what? Set yourself. Now, set yourself. How many of you here have pulled concrete? When concrete set up, whatever is in it ain't moving. He says, set yourself. So that's the first thing you got to do. You got to set yourself. In other words, some of us can't stay still enough long enough to stay sitting nowhere. It takes time for concrete to set up, especially if it's got a retard in it right or wrong. No? It takes a while, don't it? And retard will make it set up over here and be loose over here, and you might be there all night long working and wheeling that thing. You know what I'm saying? But eventually, it'll set up all the way. And sometimes it'll set up real quick. Sometimes God moves so quick that you won't even know, like, God, what's going on here? You know, I'm trying to keep up here. First thing he says to me, he says he wants us to set ourselves. Why is he telling us this? Because he just said the battle not yours and it's mine. So what God is telling us is that for, I, I just want you to set yourself. In other words, get set up in me. Get set up in me. And I'll establish you. And if you hear the word that the preacher is preaching, I make it possible too. But you gotta set yourself. You gotta set yourself. And then the next thing he says you gotta do is that you gotta stand still. Some of us can't stand still. We want it now. We might not, we want it yesterday. And when God don't do it the way we think it ought to be done because we want to be judged during the execution, we want to be God, then what we do is, I'm going to take my ball and I'm going home. Ain't nobody going to play ball. But how many of y'all know that God created the ball? Amen. Amen. God has eternal blessings in all of our lives, each one of us. Not only individually, but collectively. And no man has ever been able to go up against God and, and defeat God's people. No man. And no man, no army, no nothing. And they will. Not if, not if they in, in right standing with God. He won't allow. God said, if you could just set yourself, I'll fight this battle for you. Whatever it is that you're going through on your job, in your home, in your sickness, in your body, in your finances, whatever, whatever battle you're going against, all God said, I just want you. Just be still. Set yourself and stand still. In other words, don't get afraid when things go. You know, Christian trouble too much for me. I, 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 man, I'm a jumper. I don't get scared too easy. And even when I'm scared, I still go on anyway. It's called courage. Mm -hmm. It's called courage. I don't care what it looks like, I'm going marching on. Because I'm a soldier, y'all know what I am. And I'm going to keep on marching because he told me to sit myself and stand still. And he told me to do one more thing and see the salvation of the Lord with you. That's what he told me to do. That's what he told you to do. He said, if you do this, all you got to do 
And when you praise me, I'll turn your praise into worship. And when I come into your sanctuary in worship, I'll plant some things in you that give you a glimpse of just who and what I am in you and you are in me. And not only that, but I'll make you a priest and I'll allow you to carry my spirit, my ark. Yeah, I'll do this. And I'll set an ambush because you praise me. You've already confused the enemy. Now all you got to do is carry me on into battle and I'll take care of you. 